0: And so I think about, well, I can't change things the way they are. Why don't I try to look at another side of it?
1: Hi, you're listening to season two of Love Life Millennials. Have a listen and enjoy. All right. Today, I am going to be talking to someone that is very far across the ocean and the continent, perhaps. He is someone that I regrettedly met at his last days in China. So now he is back for good in the States. During one Toastmasters meeting, I was able to listen to his story and I was deeply moved. Deeply impressed and inspired. So, I feel like this is a story that I can also share with you guys. And today he is here with us. So, before we start, why don't we introduce our special guest for today, Kevin? Hi, how are you, man?
0: Hey, Andreas. Thanks for having me in here. I'm doing pretty good. I'm just at home, woke up a few hours ago, have my cup of joe, um, chilling. I've been here for a few days. I'm trying to adjust to the new schedule.
1: It's all fun. Awesome. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about how uh, your experience in China, like how do you came about to China and then why you're now back in the States? Just a bit of an intro.
0: Right. So I'm um, an ABC, which is an American born Chinese. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Los Angeles and I moved to China in 2010. I graduated college in 2008. I went to Berkeley for four years and then... Uh, The financial crisis was rampant during that time, and and China was booming, so I moved to China for 11 years, and I I worked there professionally in the tech space, Mm -hmm. and I went through a lot, and finally I'm back in the U.S. after going through a lot of turmoil, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure I'll be sharing that with you in the audience (laughs) during this podcast, so.
1: Wow, you spent like 11 years. That's almost half of my current age. <laughs> so what, what made you decide to go back to the U.S. right now?
0: Well, it's about time uh, mm-hmm. I've been away for so long and you get to the point where it's time to go back home. Right. Uh, at least Shanghai. Love Shanghai. Beautiful city. Great. It's actually the city that inspired me to, to go from the U.S. to China because it's so international. It's so foreign friendly. Um, mm-hmm. And of course is the center of commerce in china so it was a really good place to be as a young man mm-hmm. as you grow older you're looking for more peace to slow things down well, at least for me mm-hmm. there are people in shanghai they've been there in their 20s until their 50s 60s and so forth they love it there they love that life but for me i just sort of don't it gets jaded after a while tired
2: right. yeah
0: the speed the people the drinking dating all that stuff it it gets very exhausting and it was it was time to come back for a number of reasons so it's Mm -hmm. probably a good time for me to sort of share what's been going on with me in my life
1: cool yeah i feel like one of the your biggest reason must also probably family right because i know from your story one of your biggest turmoils was revolving around the things that happened to you to one of your family members do you want to tell us a little bit more about that
0: yeah. So I was in I moved in Ch- to Shanghai in 2010. Everything was real doing really well. It was very easy for me to to find a good job as a project manager and really scale the ladder there mm-hmm. and build a group of friends. I got married very very quickly, 2012. I met someone I've been dating for a while and marriage is going really well. Mm -hmm. for a period of time and then we just sort of diverged and so in 2017 we got separated and then we decided to get divorced and that was a really really tough period for me Mm -hmm. and in the midst of the divorce unluckily very unluckily my mom got diagnosed with esophageal cancer wow and and she got treatment at UCLA, she went through radiation. It went away and then it came back. And when it came back, my grandpa died.
1: Your I grandpa so. died. Wow.
0: Grandpa died in Taiwan. I was snowboarding in Japan with, with a few friends and I had to, I was on the lift actually. And I got a call on the lift and I had to snowboard down and fly to Taipei right away. And my grandpa, he had a stroke in the bathroom, he fell it's only it's just my grandma my grandpa there they have two they have three kids two kids already passed away and my mom who has cancer as i mentioned so Mm -hmm. they're very lonely and sort of depressed to begin with and my grandpa yeah he fell in the bathroom he had a stroke they sent him to the hospital he was not conscious he could have died at any time but my uncle told my grandpa hey kevin's coming kevin's coming to see you And so when I flew to Taiwan, I went to the hospital immediately. I saw him there. So sad to see someone that's been a big part of your life on a hospital bed that's not conscious and could pass at any time. Mm -hmm. I went and I talked to him for 10 minutes or so, told him how much I loved him and I'm here for him. And, you know, I hope he'll get better, even though I knew that he was going to go. Mm -hmm. Five minutes later, he... He passed away and and then that was really that was a very sad moment Mm -hmm. my mom flew in from the u.s to attend the funeral and so we were all there my mom's there terminal cancer grandpa died and my grandma is by herself really because then now it's just my grandma nobody else Mm -hmm. and we had to attend his funeral yeah that was a very hard period and then you know i'm in china still and my mom is diagnosed with terminal cancer i have to deal with my divorce situation i have to deal with my business i can't be with my mom at the time it was really really hard uh you know a lot of people depended on me in in china so it got to a point in december where my mom couldn't walk anymore and i just knew i had to go back i had to go back to the u.s Mm -hmm. and so i The divorce situation, I had to put that on pause. The business, I had to do it remotely in the U.S. And I got to the U.S. in early February, right when the coronavirus erupted, Hmm. right? So like, I'm trying to get back home and I'm worrying whether I could even get back home because of all the cases. I get back home in early February and my mom is in a very bad condition. She can't walk, her legs are swollen. She has tubes coming out from her back. They're actually connected to her insides that allow her to get to pee in a bag. She needs help with feeding. She needs help. She needs help with the shower and all this stuff. And it, it's so it's it's just so sad mm-hmm. to see your mother in this condition. And and she's such a strong person. And and to see a strong, inspiring person in your life look so vulnerable like this and and a bit helpless Mm
2: -hmm.
0: unbearable I Mm -hmm. would say very unbearable I was in tears at least a few times a week during the whole process Mm -hmm. I would take her to the hospital twice twice a week you know we knew this wasn't going to get that much better you know the the cancer spread throughout her body um stretched out to her liver to her Mm -hmm. lungs every piece of her was was going away over time and every day it was just getting worse. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, it, it was, it was, I was drinking through that time too. It's depressing, I'm helping my mom all day and I'm drinking. <laughs> and so I'm yeah. like trying to help my mom over some of the time, right? Wow. And it's, it, she, de- she doesn't even realize it too because she's like out of it. Hmm. Um, I've been through a lot of tribulations in my life and trials and this really tested me because at that time here is my grandpa was gone my mom was sick uh, mm-hmm. my business wasn't doing well financially i was not great not in a good position um uh, my aunt passed away i didn't even mention that in the middle of this my aunt passed away which is my dad's brother's wow. sister my dog passed away right my, my other dog was sick couldn't even really move these are the two dogs i have in the u.s there's just like everyone everyone my entire family was dying at the time my love life was crap you know divorce situation was really stressful we were fighting over money Mm -hmm. right and yeah the court system was not helping over there cool so yeah yeah, it just it it was just everything was just falling apart and i hear stories of people you know people say things to you you know text messages hey how you doing kevin i'm like oh you know this and this and like oh yeah stay strong you know you'll get through this I'm sure everything will be okay. But Do really, you hate like, it?
1: Do you hate it when people say everything's gonna be okay?
0: <laughs> of course, it's, it's <laughs> such a, it's like a, such a fake. It, okay. So it's not, it, they're trying to be nice, right? And Correct. of course, everyone's done it, including you and me, probably, right? Mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. trying to be nice and you're trying to give people optimism, but they don't understand, right? And you know what? It's not gonna be okay. It's not okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not okay. People are dying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And coronavirus. This is during coronavirus, by the way. My mom's dying and everybody else is dying in the US, right? So it's just like the whole world is falling apart, right? literally.
1: So being in your position, what are the things that you think you would appreciate for others to do to you?
0: I had friends that just listened, they're helpful. You know, you send a message like, Hey, I'm I'm supporting you. I can't imagine what you're going through, Mm. you know? um, And and I'm here for you. That's it, very simple. To right. Right. hear something like, are you going to be okay? Everything's going to be okay. It's, they don't mm. know.
1: Yeah, I feel like maybe it's better for people that care about you to just stand on your back so that when you fall, then they will just be there to support you instead of trying to push you forward. But you're just already struggling to stand still, right? So probably the fact that they are trying to generalize something can be something that can sound offensive. And I think this is also something I learned I used to say that, but then I personally feel like, ah, this is not right. So I actually confronted the person and I was asking, do you, was I helpful? And then he actually said the exact same thing. I understand that you wanted to console me, but honestly, at this point in time, I was, I will just appreciate people who will just be there for me and say nothing. Don't even do anything. <laughs> just be still and let me pour my feelings to you.
0: Totally. It's the same thing with girls, man. You know, right. sometimes you just want to be listened to.
1: <laughs> right,
0: right. right. You, t- you try to solve, I'm engaged now, I have a fiance. and Correct. You know, I'll just try to solve, you know, she's always spewing a problem or two once in a while. It's normal, I do it too. I'm sitting there, I got an engineer mind, so I'm trying to figure out how to solve the problems and it's not helping. I'm like, why don't you try this? Let's let's analyze the situation a bit, but you know what, she just <laughs> yeah. wants me to listen. Right. Just want me to listen and just say okay, Mm -hmm. right, and just be there.
1: Right, right.
0: I'm not there to solve her problems. In a lot of cases, so Mm -hmm. similar in a sense.
1: Yeah, Kevin. I have listened to your story twice just now. I was even closing my eyes and I could really feel how, as you said, depressing and hopeless things looked like. Everyone, every single thing, even your. Beloved Pat is going away. So I was just thinking, was there something that you could hold on to at that point? Was there any sliver ray of hope, if at all?
0: Well, I'm a realistic person. So I knew eventually my mom was going to pass. And then it's just my dad. Right. And my grandma's in Taiwan. So then I was thinking about the future. How can I help my dad more? Right. Right. I guess one positive is my, my mom was a demanding sort of person. Mm-hmm. She had a very high expectations for everybody, mm-hmm. a lot of work. And I guess after she passes, realistically, it helps give my dad more freedom. Mm-hmm. And then I can think about how I could help him more. And so I think about, well, I can't change things the way they are. Why don't I try to look at another side of it? Right. May not be. It could be negative, positive. Doesn't matter. It's just another side of it. With her departure, how can I flip this around to make things easier for Dad?
2: Hmm. And so,
0: my sliver of hope, something to hold on to, was that future. Because for me, is it's my mom. It's really sad for me. Really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a. I'm actually a very uh, empathetic person. So I feel a lot of pain from other people's pain.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: that makes any sense
1: i can tell when i think
0: about my mom passing away i feel bad like i think about my grandma my sister and my dad more than i think about myself and i think about my mom obviously my mom was the type of person that was again she was very vulnerable at the time but she accepted it she said you know what i'm gonna go this is just how it is Mm -hmm. so so you guys just need to live your life because he was telling us and and now when I think about it, she's not in pain anymore it's it, the pain is gone. I'm right. glad she actually there's we're all glad actually she's not still around because she was so much in so much pain those few months that if she was still had to endure that for another year or two that's not mm. that's not a good that's not the way to live. She wouldn't want to be here. she okay. was she was ready in the end. I remember we were talking about hospice mm-hmm. and hospice is a stage where, If you don't know what that word means, but it's it's a stage where you stop. So we had nurses come in Mm -hmm. every, every day to check on my mom, basically. And it's, it's the point where you stop thinking about recovery and you're, are then when you go to hospice, you are then thinking about the death part and how to, and basically trying to accepting that my mom will pass away, not giving her any more care to help fix that cancer problem, but. You're now you're just making my mom as comfortable as possible before she passes away.
2: Hmm. So
0: in the beginning, when we talked to my mom about hospice, she was like, no, I don't want to do that. I can get through this. And then it got to a point where my mom's condition worsened and she really could not really had a hard time moving. And, and the nurse came in and she pulled us aside. And she's like, Kevin, Angela, my sister, She's like, hey, your mom is, doesn't have a lot of time left. I really recommend going to
2: hospice
0: hmm. just better for her to be as comfortable as possible and it's a bit inevitable it's it's also sad because when i when i see this nurse talk about that i could tell i could tell by looking at her that she's been through this so so many times that's her job right? hmm. that nurse's job was to, to get to the hospice point and hand it off to the hospital and just imagine how many times she's talked to families about this it's just yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So, we talked to my mom about it about three or four days before she passed, and my mom was just, she just closed her eyes and nodded, yeah, when we asked her the question, and mm. just knew at that point my mom was just ready; she was ready to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah,
1: right, yeah, I can definitely tell you're a feeler, Kevin. <laughs> First of all, I'm. Sorry if I have ask you to relive it again, but I feel like there's one thing that we all can learn from you. Even though you said you are a full feeler, but I think there's some part of logic also, because otherwise you won't be an engineer, right? <laughs> um, and the thing that I like about the acceptance part about really trying to move on is that you're not focusing solely on yourself, you're not thinking about how hard it was for you obviously it was hard for you, but then you were also thinking about your dad, you were thinking about your sister Angela. So I think this can also be something that we can do when we feel like things weren't really good for me, but as long as we can try to make it better for others and doing that way, and in that way, we're actually also healing ourselves. So I really like that you're putting the gravitational um, influence not on yourself, but also on the people that you care within your inner circle.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It, it was a healing process for me, at least for me and, and many other people. You can recover easier if you're not just thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You need a purpose. Everyone needs a purpose. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and for selfish purposes, I think it's really hard, at least for me, to drive myself forward. And I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. When I, I don't get as excited making things better for me than I am about making things better for the people that I love around me. That's mm-hmm. really what excites me.
2: Um,
0: even when you run a company, because I was running a company, it's the same. Where you're trying to make the company successful for everybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You have employees. You got employees with investment into the company the more successful you can be the more successful employees can be mm-hmm. and the customers and mm-hmm. partners and so forth so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah i think it lets you get out of yourself too it's also sort of a meditation thing yeah you're into that whereas if when you're not thinking about yourself you're just sort of out of blank-minded yeah. distance distance yourself from your ego you can feel a more sense of peace
1: correct correct i don't
0: know if you're a religious person but I feel like there's a psychological impact to this.
1: I totally agree. I feel like the purpose of meditation or whatever spiritual practice that we are doing it's for the sole purpose of zooming out, right? Because oftentimes when we are in a problem, in a dilemma, what we're seeing is just the elephant in the room. But when we zoom out, actually we have a whole house to take care about. I mean, we don't really have to stay in that room. We can be at the living room, we can go to the dining room and just find a new environment, first of all, but also some activities to make us forget about that elephant in the room. So I really appreciate the things that you did, by zooming out, um, but, okay, Kevin, you went to such a down slope at a point in your life and everything was just kind of crazy, they were uh, life, was, life was chewing, you can say a bucket of lemons at you and they were definitely super sour, but how did you get back up there? Like, does it happen instantaneously or is there any certain process that you have to go, go through apart from the moving on part?
0: Well, the depression part is, is important. Mm-hmm. I think if you go through a sadness, if you go through a tragedy, you have to go through a period of just being down. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, it's just going to come back later. You know, you, you, it, it helps. It helped, that part helped me a lot. I was just sad. I just wanted to be sad and not talk to anybody and just be in myself and my feelings. And I had to go through that for many, many weeks, at least in my case. Mm-hmm. And everybody has different ways of coping through that. Um, mm-hmm. And after going through that, you, know, you realize, you know what, like, I can't stay like this forever. My mom would not want this. She, she wouldn't want me. And she even told me that. That you know, she wants me to be happy and so forth. You can't stay like that forever. And, and again, being empathetic, you know, you're thinking about other people. Well, if I'm sad and depressed all the time, it's not really helping my, you know, I, bad attitude, bad mood. I'm not mm-hmm. being helpful. Mm-hmm. To my family, to my friends, to my customers, to my coworkers, it's it's not it's not helpful. Mm. And so I tried to, so I I got it myself and just thought, you know what, I'll, let me sort of review, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of this as like a project almost. Like well, let me review this, okay, mm-hmm. what's going on? So. Mom right. passed away. This coronavirus situation is going on, but there's a lot of other good things going here, right? What are my goals? Correct. Right? You know, I want to have a family. I want to help other people. I want to be successful career-wise. You know, how do how do I get this, this get this together? Right. And then I start. Mm-hmm. You know, I get a pen, piece of paper, and a pen. I'm more old school that way, and I just start writing down what my goals are. Many different categories.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So like, health-wise, I want to focus on exercise. I want to focus on dieting, sleeping better, less drinking you know, right, and so forth. Right. And then for career wise, at least for me, I'm trying to, you know, I'm building assets. I'm doing more investments. I'm moving towards passive, um, investment fat fire. I don't know if you're familiar with that fire, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, retiring early and living off your passive investments. So that's something that's really been driving me and, um, focus. I have a fiance. Again, I was seeing somebody at the time and I got through my divorce eventually. Right. Mm. Um, I didn't even, we didn't even talk about that part. <laughs> so, so that divorce and that divorce actually ended. And so wanted to find a way to bring my fiance back to the U S because the government stopped the visa processing. I had to sue, I had to sue the U S government to resume fiance visas mm. for people, like China, Iran, Europe, uh, the Previous administration illegally stopped that and sued the government, and so when I got back to yeah when I got back to China eventually in October 2020, I was able to push this thing forward. Right. Mm. So getting my fiance thing taken care of, bringing her back to the US, mm-hmm. right, was another goal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and working on my friends, uh, I have and I have a goddaughter in China, and I got two godsons wow. in the US, helping them these are my sister's kids and one of my best one, my best friend in shanghai has a daughter mm-hmm. so writing down my goals on on different levels health career friendship self-improvement and the, the process of writing this down was really helpful and waking up and just working on these goals and what am i going to do every day and organized sort of person that sort of pushed me out of the funk
1: Yeah, I really like the way you do it here. It's not necessarily recovering that huge wound, but you're trying to reinvigorate your whole body. So you're focusing on other aspects that could foster or that could reinforce the recovery process of that huge wound. So yeah, I think like this is another thing that we can also relate and also learn from you.